0: What's up, guys, everybody? Welcome to Brown Boys Sports Take, where myself, Pranav Menon, and my co hosts, Kian Barwani and Parsa Shemi, give you sports takes hotter and spicier than chicken cheddar curry. Today, we got an awesome addition of our guest talks, we have an amazing guest. Uh, We have um, Josh Kang with us here today. He's an incredible um, human being, an incredible, um, you know, he's been an inspiration for myself. He's a sports writer and podcast host. He's worked um, SB Nation, USA Today, Lakers Nation, Niners Nation, all over the place. You know, I saw the, I mean, he's been, uh, I actually came across him one time when I was, I followed the Lakers Nation page on Facebook and I saw him, he was giving the podcast post game and I simply reached out to him and he was very, very open to talking to me. This is a few years ago. And, you know, he's been very, very helpful, you know, navigating sports uh, for me. And he was very, very uh, gracious enough to join us on our podcast. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh,
1: Joss. Well, first off, I don't know about all the kind words you said about me. I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm incredible and all that, but I'll take it. It makes me feel good. <laughs> uh, no, no problem. I'm always, always happy to help and always happy to connect with um, you know fellow fellow indian people and south asian people who are trying to trying to get into the media world
0: yeah it's a struggle nonetheless obviously but you know i was gonna jump in so um obviously i know you went to usc you got your master's there now you're you know you've worked with the lakers niners sb nation you know doing a podcast so can you guys tell us like uh you know how you got started uh you know usc and then kind of got your position you know you work with lakers nation that's a position many people can only dream about getting at one point you'd be able to get it so quickly
1: yeah it was uh i mean i've been doing this for i've been in kind of journalism media for about eight years now i worked um i worked in radio back home as an anchor and, and reporter for uh, about four years before i i signed up for grad school at uh, at u s c and then um, you know I was telling the guys before we started like yeah you know for me i it was important to um, try and try and get to i would say the States like in America because of the media opportunities here are so much more. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big basketball guy. I mean, I, I played college basketball growing up back home and, um, kind of stuck with it. coached high school basketball. And so I always wanted to do more NBA stuff. And then, um, you know, one thing is that I noticed that at USC would, which was good. And, and a lot of the people there would, would tell me, you know, it's the, this industry is a lot about who, you know, I mean, you have to be talented and you have to be good. Um, but it's all about who, you know, and, and for me, um, I'm not big on per se networking like if you could take me to a networking event, I'll stand in a corner by myself and sip on a drink. I'm not good at it. I just don't, <laughs> I don't enjoy it. Um, but when it comes to sending out my work and, and sending out samples and trying to get feedback, um, I did that a lot with, with some of the people that are the the best in the industry and and you know I've had people help me out like um uh, you know rob Parker Shelly Smith max Kellerman I, I know them all personally they've all went out of their way to to help me along and and, and kind of get me make me better. but one thing in this industry is um, you know, you can't really rely on just being a one-trick pony. Now, right? you can't just be like, "Oh, I'm am a radio host, and that's all I can do." You you got to be able to be on video, edit video, um, you know, podcasts, and 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 your writing skills have to be have to be top-notch. And um, you know, that was one thing for me at, at USC. I really wanted to learn everything. I've, I've always been comfortable being on air because, like I said, I had a background in it. And um, but you know, trying to learn to become a better writer, so I did that and. You know, getting into Lakers Nation, I um I actually just talked to Ian Chin, who's who's the owner of of kind of the larger um like the the company that owns all the all the websites under the umbrella, and uh, I had to go meet with him. I met with him in, in Fullerton, and you know we just went for a beer and and had a meal, and um, he was like, yeah, we're looking for a co-host, and uh, with with Trevor, who who was awesome to work with. Um, you know, I still still keep in contact with him, and um we just kind of connected, and and it just went from there, and and it was you know the show was something that we did that we, um, you know, we care a lot about, you know, and then I know Trevor puts a, puts a lot of work into it. So, um, you can't really half-ass anything in the, in the media world. You have to, you kind of have to give it your all and, and, and be the best you can at all times. And you have to always be willing to learn. And, um, you know, for me kind of moving around there, and then I had this opportunity to come up with, with SB Nation and, and, um, you know, Harrison, uh, Harrison Fagan, who works for, who's the main editor at Silver Screen and Roll. He's, he's a great journalist as well. And, um you know he kind of helped me help me get my foot in the door with with Vox and, and I've been enjoying it since
2: yeah no I, that, that's awesome and again like it's what you mentioned like who knows you know what you know the connection and I think also it's who knows you I mean uh for me personally like I, I I have all these skills but also I'm not I don't know anyone in Los Angeles like people in Texas know who I am but not here and so that's what I'm trying to figure out uh you know try to get my foot in the door and especially in Los Angeles so it's a big market and I think you're not the only one trying to get into that sports market. there's so many, so many other people. And um, you have that, you know, pickings of, you know, Dodgers, Lakers, Rams, Chargers, but so many other people want to pick that position up too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's what, like you're saying, it's, it's, you have to, it's, it's, it's almost like, so I used to work in the corporate world when I was when I was younger and I was into banking and, and doing finance stuff. And I'll be honest with you, after about a year of that, I was just, it was, I was soulless, man. I, I hated it. You know, you know what I mean? So I've seen the I've seen the other end of it as well. And and for it's like a, a storm of you have to keep getting better and learning. And then, like you were saying, you know, here in Los Angeles, there are so many outlets you can write for, right? There's so many outlets you can host podcasts for, and you almost just have to get your foot in the door, build up your resume, build up your experience and you have to get better. And then once you do that and you start kind of, you know, people start listening to your stuff or reading your stuff, um, that's how you're going to build up a name. Because a lot of people they want to see, like you can say, oh, I know so-and-so, but they want to see that your work is good. So I think that's always been my primary focus in and since working in it is, is always trying to get better. Uh, don't think that you have it all figured out because you don't, you know, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and just kind work of on, work on your craft to get better And then once you're at a stage that you know you've been doing this for a year or two and and you're at a level you can get in with a bigger company, then they'll start to notice you a little bit more.
3: No, absolutely. I think that's some great insight, um, especially coming from a guy that's been in the industry for so long. Um, You said you'd graduated from USC. Um, I was wondering, did you ever get a chance to follow or cover uh, Sam Darnold?
1: Yeah, so that was, that was Darnold's, uh, I was there doing grad school in, uh, in 2017. And so uh, 27 to 2018. So that was the last, uh, last season that he played and I covered their, their pro day when when he was throwing there and um, did that for, for Annenberg, um, for the Annenberg Media Center. And it was a big deal. I mean, he was he was he was a big thing. It kind of sucks that he's playing for the Jets because they stink. And Gase. But Parse is, is a Jets fan, so wow, that's I unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately. I, am, I am sorry to hear that. Yeah, That's they are a brutal <laughs> team, and and uh, Adam Gase is a, is a terrible coach. But he is. I, I'm hoping he gets put into a better situation because I think he has the skills to to develop into being. I don't know if I would ever say that he's going to be a top five quarterback in, in the NFL, but. You know, top 15, top 12. I definitely think is attainable for him, but he's got to be in a better position than than with such a, a crappy franchise. Sorry. Man. No, absolutely. <laughs> no,
3: we'll we'll take a, with what we can get. You know, you've seen him live, and I'll take a top 15 quarterback for the Jets at this point. We have absolutely nothing going on. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys are. I mean, I'm a Niners fan, and I was watching that game. I mean, first I was. That was I was tough. That that Bosa got hurt, and and you know, early on, I mean, that was a, a huge blow to the team, but. Um, I was like, wow, the Jets must be really, really bad if they're not putting
3: up any sort of... It's a- atrocious, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's something else.
0: <laughs> hey, I know, I know you mentioned you're a Niners fan. I'm a huge Chargers fan, so I have the other Bosa here. But, you know, obviously, it's a tough time. We actually, in our most recent podcast, we kind of talked about, you know, this past week, as, you know, as an NFL fan, this, this might be the worst week I've seen when it comes to injuries. I don't know how many players were... Obviously, uh, how many players got injured. Like, it was ridiculous, absor- uh, exorbitant amount. And not just like, it's always not the, you know, a lot of big players, named players. And I don't think any team was more affected by injuries this past week than the Niners. You know, you guys lost uh, probably like Jimmy, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's out for I don't even know how long. Bose is out for the season. Solomon Thomas out for the season. Uh, I know Richard Sherman's hurt. I know there's probably a bunch of other guys I'm missing, M- most What's your take on like, because I know you called it, fall the Niners. What do you think is going to happen with that going forward? Like, how do you think the Niners are going to be able to do with Nick Mullins leading the way for however long? And, what do you think is the reason behind so many injuries do you think it has something to do with the, the coronavirus and the lack of a preseason?
1: I think the preseason, not having a preseason definitely hurt. I mean, you look at the 49ers like uh, Brandon Ayuk and, and Javon Kinlaw, they're both, you know, two first round picks. And they look like they're a little bit behind the curve in terms of their development. You know, not being able to have the, the uh, rookie camps and, and the OTAs and, and, you know, getting into the facility and working together. And I think these guys... Um, you know, kind of the lack of preseason and and getting in the game. It's tough to just go uh, from not playing and, you know, practicing and you're not, they're not really trying to kill each other at practice. You know what I mean? I mean, they're still teammates and um, going into a game and going full throttle right away. I think that's why you're seeing it. I know a lot of the, the 49ers players were complaining about the, uh, the turf in at uh, at MetLife and then and I, you know the Giants played their first game of the season there and, and it didn't go really that bad but you know I think it's a I think it's I think it's a part with with the preseason and 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 not really getting the time to condition their bodies the right way and getting used to game action and you know getting in even if it's a few snaps you know like usually the starters will play the first half and the third preseason of the game and they'll get a, you know a few more reps throughout the, the other three preseason matchups but um, not getting that, I think played played a big role in it. And as far as the Niners go, I, I, they're a real deep team. I, I don't think you know. I think that they can get over the fact that they lost a guy like Nick Bosa. He's amazing. He's he's the best defensive player, if not the best player overall on the team, right up there with with George Kittle. But um, I don't see them falling off a cliff. I I I do. You know, from what we know now, like Sherman will be back by week five. Uh, Kittle has a chance to go this weekend. I, I know uh, Mullins is playing this weekend and. I don't know how much you guys are, are familiar are with Mullins, but he played a lot the last eight games of the uh, 2018 season when uh, Garoppolo went down in week three. Then they went with C.J. Beathard, and then they went with uh, Nick Mullins for the last eight games. He's not a bad quarterback, and I think they'll, they'll get away with it against the Giants this week because the Giants aren't very good either. And, um, but, I mean, you know, if you're going into the week four matchup against Philly and they got, uh, they got uh, after that week five, I think they're at home against Miami. So I think if they can get through this stretch and go three and two, I think they'll have a shot at the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I I didn't think they were a Super Bowl contender coming into this, but uh, you don't just replace Nick Bosa, but they have a lot of depth on their D-line. So I I do think they'll get into the playoffs. I I just don't know how far they'll get once they're there.
2: And uh, so you mentioned you were with the Niners, the Lakers. uh, So obviously you're you're widespread with uh, both major sports do you, do you have any like cool experiences, cool moments of just like you working in in the sports industry, sports media world, just like meeting someone, and you, know, you mentioned Max Kellerman and uh you Trevor Lane, so like anything cool from coming from that?
1: Yeah, these guys are, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I got to do my internship with ESPN 710 in LA um, back in 2012, so I worked pretty much exclusively with Max and, and Marcellus, Ma- uh, Max Kellerman and Marcellus Wiley, and, uh, you know, they were just, uh max i mean i, I talked to more and and i've kept in contact with him throughout the years you know i'll email him stuff you can check out he helped me with my visa application here to get my long-term visa I wrote me a letter he's uh he, you know they're just i have a lot of stories i mean i bet i met a ton of these guys and, and hung out with them uh the people i have met i'll tell you are some of the coolest people in the industry in the sense that they always take time out to help um you know rob parker has, has been super cool with me we met at usc and we just you know we go for a meal every couple of weeks. We'll hang out, go for lunch, go for dinner, and and they're all just you know cool people, down to earth. And I think sometimes, um, and don't get me wrong, yeah, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I, I also know some people who work in the media industry who are a total uh, arrogant assholes. Is it okay if I say that? Um, but uh, they um, they you know people have an attitude, but I think if you connect with the right people, uh, I've had an amazing experience doing it. You know, getting to cover. Uh, lakers games like i covered lakers uh lakers bucks and lakers clippers right before the the pandemic started and you know getting to go in the in the locker room and you're standing shoulder to shoulder with lebron james at the at the uh practice facility um doing that kind of stuff is 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 always to me um it's kind of surreal and it's fun to know that hey i'm making a living doing this you know what i mean
2: i agree it's the passion i mean sports wise like it's it's what you love and what you appreciate and all of us you know we love and watch sports but working in it too and experience those moments and seeing those athletes is just like it's surreal when it hits you and yeah that's a cool experience just feeling that and just being part of the being part of it
1: yeah yeah and that's 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 what it is man i mean you have to um you have to really love doing it and like you're saying like sports for me i i, I grew up playing you know soccer basketball i played in our high school volleyball team i played uh on a high school soccer team, I played football for a few years you know like I've always, i 've always it 's always been fun to me, and I think I got to a point when I was like you know maybe 27, 28 years old that I was like man i want to make a I want to make a living out of this and and, and as I said before it 's not easy um, it's you have to be you could work as hard as you want, but if you don 't have the talent um, it 's tough to make it and tough to sustain a career in it and that 's where I think that you have to kind of mixing the two of always trying to work to get better and you know you guys are doing your podcast now and, and you guys just start writing you know what i mean and, and doing that kind of thing where you're building up your reps and, and that's what the biggest thing is and it's funny like if you listen to my first time ever being live on air and radio back home uh compared to how i am now it's like it's night and day because i chose to put the time in i would go practice by myself at the at the station um i had to move to a small town you know about six hours north of vancouver in canada and it was cold and icy and snowing in october and and you know i was like all right this is what i want to do i got to sacrifice and move there and uh i went up there and and i would go to the station at nighttime after it was closed down and and practice and and put my time in so that that's what i mean i mean to me getting to do all this stuff is great but i'm also one of those people who's like well i can't just get comfortable trying to make it at a, at a one certain place it's like I, you got to continuously try and get better
3: no absolutely and it's reassuring to hear that you know you start off firstly from where we're at right now, you know, you're at the status and in the industry you're in right now. It's very reassuring for us to, to hear that. But I kind of want to touch on something we discussed prior to the recording. You know, we're talking about the Lakers um, and their slow, their slow game during game three. What do you think they have to do um, throughout the rest of this series to, to secure this, this – uh, secure the finals appearance?
1: Well, you guys saw that. I mean, you know, they're coming down. They're coming back, sorry, from being down so much in the, in the fourth quarter of, uh, of game three. And they, they were dominating. You know, they were dominating the Nuggets in that, in that fourth quarter. And I think it's because when they're engaged defensively, they're a tough team to beat. And, and Denver, you have guys like Murray, and, they, you know, they had other guys hitting shots last game too that, that kind of kept them in it. I think the Lakers just have to keep doing what they're doing. You know, just, just control the tempo of the game, um, slow it down a bit so your half-court defense is getting set up and then try and look to run off of that, which they were doing really well in the fourth quarter. And I think when they're controlling the tempo and kind of slowing it down a little bit to their game, then they can use the fast break out of good defense. Uh, I, I don't see how the Nuggets are going to beat them, um, you know, three more times. I think the Nuggets can take another game, but I, I, I think the Lakers are going to win this in, in, in five or six.
0: No, I'm with you there, and I hope we win in five or six. It's very stressful, but like honestly, I'm, like, I'm be honest with me. You just think that, like, after you know, Anthony Davis made that incredible shot game, too. Like, do you think the Lakers are still in a high from there? Because to me, that game, they just did like obviously, besides, uh, you know, the fourth quarter when they were like, you know, they were kind of go back into the game, they just seemed like they didn't want like there was the nuggets were playing with more urgency and need to say desperation. Like, the biggest statistic to me was in rebounds. Like, Anthony Davis, for the most part, has been almost a given 10 rebounds a game. He had like what two rebounds that game, which is two yeah, two rebounds. Talking. that's. Obviously, sometimes the ball bounces the other way. But someone like Anthony Davis, who's bigger than anyone on the court, almost looks like the hustle, the drop, like, you know, whatever Maybe may be. It just wasn't there that game, at least for the first three quarters.
1: Well, no, I don't think they were on a high on it. I don't think that'll happen when you have that many veterans on the team. Like, LeBron's been there. Rondo's been there. Uh, those guys are our leaders on the squad. I, you know, I also think we have to look at the circumstances, too. You know, you're not going to play – you're not going to go 16-0. You know, they're not the Golden State Warriors of the, the 2017 team that only lost the, the one game. I know the Lakers went 15-1, and 1, I believe it was, in, uh, in, in 2000 or 2001, I think it was, sorry, against the, when, when they beat the Sixers. And, um, you know, it's, they're stuck in uh, bubble city. They're going to have off days. They're playing every every second night, you know what I mean? So I, I just think it was uh, – they just didn't come out with energy. I think you have to look at them as – I think people tend not to do that sometimes as athletes or human beings as well. Um, they're going to get tired regardless of the rest and recovery they get. and they got the best you know uh, strength and conditioning people in the world working for them they have access to all the facilities you would need in order to maintain health but I just think it was a it was a, a kind of a perfect storm of they just didn't play well they were lacking energy and that's going to happen from time to time and that's why it's always different you know the NCAA tournament you know you see a a, a one seed lose or, or a two seed lose and everybody's like oh it's a it's a big thing. It's not. I mean, certain teams are going to have their day and, and, and that's just the way it works. And that's why in the, in the professional ranks where you're going best of seven, the better team is always going to win. And so that's why I think for the Lakers, I think they'll come out tonight. I think it'll be a good game. I think they'll be close uh, because Denver's no slouch. But I, ultimately, I just don't see anybody right now that's left out of the four teams, Miami included, beating a team that has Anthony Davis and LeBron James leading the way. It's going to be tough to beat them four out of seven times.
2: Yeah, let's hope the the Lakers can pull this off tonight, and hopefully, you know, get a chance to reach the finals. And I guess, you know, your prediction for the end. Um, do you think you think Lakers Miami for the finals?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I once once the Bucks lost, um, I was pretty much like, well, <laughs> whoever comes out of the West is gonna win. You know what I mean? And that that was it. I, I just don't see. Uh, I, I don't see my again. I, Miami's a good team. They're they they're gonna win. You know, maybe one or two games against the Lakers. I just don't see any of these teams pushing pushing the Lakers to seven. And if it does go there, you're always gonna put your money on LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like he's is it's pretty it's pretty easy to say. Well, he's he's the best player in the, in the world right now. I'm sure, Giannis has a case. I'm sure KD will be will be up there again and Kawhi Leonard. But uh, tough to bet against LeBron anytime they play in a seven game series. So I'm I'm rolling with the Lakers all the all the way through here.
0: Yeah. And I'm also rolling with the Lakers and I'm hoping, you know, this one for win 17 for being like we always say. Um, but once again, uh, I mean, that's about all the time we have for, uh, for now. Thank you so much, uh, Jost. Um, you gave me all of us some incredible insight into something all of our viewers are really, really going to enjoy listening to, you know, not just about, you know, basketball, you talk about, about football and how your, your, um, you know, upbringing into sports, something, a lot of our viewers are guys who also want to have a career in sports. Really, really appreciate your time. Um, it's very, very, um, we're very appreciative, you know, how busy you are, especially, you know, with the NBA, you know, the season and the NFL season all reaching its peak. It's all happening at once, the finals and NFL is always, you know, extremely popping. So well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, uh, Boys underscore sports take. Uh, we always follow back, keep engaged and, you know, uh, uh, keep tuned for more, uh, bet- more content coming forward. We got some incredible content coming your way. And once again, that's brownboyssportstake. Uh, and thank you so much, Joss, again, for uh, coming on and joining us.
1: No, anytime I enjoyed it.